Hello and welcome to Monday's edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. My name is Andy Boren and on this fine Monday morning I'm joined by, by two boys, two kings, two of the best men, uh, Stuart Watson and Ross Halls. Ross, we're going to start with you because um, you've just shown me something on the camera here, which you, you shouldn't have shown me. Um, and I want... I want you to hold it up to the camera again. People will be watching this and and can see it. I'll describe it once it's held up. Get it held up. You're looking you're looking reluctant, but you can't show me something as. Well, the fun little fun fact behind this, of course, we we all asked after the Buxton game. You did your Andy and Stu react, and we just I think was used to sort of saying, "What's your favourite animal?" And everyone was talking about their animals, and I came and said giraffes, um, long necks, and all that, and um, yeah. And of course, right now, every family member just buys us giraffe ornaments or whatever. But I decided to get my girlfriend a nice little um, gift of me on a giraffe. With a, yeah. <laughs> so vid- video listeners, uh, video watchers will be very aware of what they're seeing um, and probably won't unsee this. Uh, if, you're lis- <laughs> if you're listening on audio, what you're missing is a giraffe cushion with its stomach cut out and replaced by a very surprised and slightly warped looking on both sides version of Ross's face. It's stretched itself. Your eyes are not that far apart in real life. <laughs> no. Um, that's um that's highly Please unusual. put it away. <laughs> that's, that's enough. That's also just a peek behind the cur- curtain of the laughs we have once the once the cameras stop rolling at Portman Road after games. Yeah, we do go into big issues like what's your favourite what's your favourite animal? So that's just um that's just where we're at. Stu, what's your what's your favourite animal? Uh eagle. Have you got a cushion? I have not got a cushion, no. But I, I enjoyed your spirit animal. I think it's very, very fitting. I like penguins. Um I like penguins. I like swimming. I like being cold. I like being a little bit oily. As well, which penguins, which okay. penguin, penguin, because when they come out of the water, they look, they look a little bit. You get a bit salty if you they look a bit crispy sometimes. Feathers aren't always perfect. That's fine. I'm not always perfect with my hair. Does what it wants. Their feathers do what they want. I like penguins. Um, but there we are. That wasn't how I planned on starting this podcast. But seeing that, seeing that cushion, um, <laughs> meant it needed needed to be discussed. And we we were discussing our favourite animals after um. After Ipswich Town's 4-0 FA Cup victory over Buxton last night, Stu, you're doing the exact same thing as me. You're glancing at the World Cup, aren't you? Um, while we're watching this, uh, Serbia are currently beating Cameroon 2-1. That's when we're recording this. But let's try and uh, I'm focus on the real business, um, which is FA Cup and, and Buxton. What, what did we make of it, guys? I think ultimately Town did what they needed to do, just as they did at Bracknell. Um and it's been quite a nice route to round three for Ipswich, but um, jobs still needed to be done on both occasions. So, what what did we make of this uh, this four nil home victory over Buxton? Well, Ipswich are in the hat for the third round, which um, by the time some of you are listening to this, you'll probably know who, who Ipswich have got. Um, you're tempted to go. Well, it's another box ticked by McKenna and Co. In terms of past demons being slain. T, you know, TV curse gone, etc. FA Cups, another thing that's been um, a monkey on the back for Ipswich Town, but beating Bracknell and Buxton doesn't necessarily uh, mean that, that, that that's job done. But Ipswich have done what they needed to do against both those teams, and 
and find themselves in the hat for round three. Um, you're right, it's very very similar to Bracknell, really. A bit of a spirited fight from the uh, for the underdogs to start with, but but ultimately Ipswich is greater quality and, and fitness and athleticism shone through, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And, and that's that's exactly what we were expecting from town, especially when we saw the team sheet, guys, because I, I think we all... We, I don't think we were expecting Kieran McKenna to go with a, a particularly young side. That doesn't seem to be the way he wants to go. He's spoken about, um, previously spoken about young players sort of rising to occasions better when they're in uh, in senior side. So if, if we were going to see young players, we kind of thought it would be in a senior team. But I don't know if we were expecting quite quite the strength of starting 11 that we saw where we like just just simply seeing Christian Walton on the team sheet as as an example is uh, just just shows what what town were planning to do in this one yeah Christian Walton was the the big standout because you think like you know doesn't play that often and he's more the cup keeper but um McKenna must have just thought yeah play Walton for this game you never know we were saying before the game the, you know, the um, Bracknell game was David versus Goliath. That was what I was phrasing it as. But you, you said, Andy, on the boot room, it was basically in Goliath's back garden, this one. Um, but yeah, seeing a very strong lineup, you know, it's always good to see Morsey in the midfield. He played at Bracknell. Um, you know, Wes Burns coming in as well. And, you know, it was a strong lineup. And that's, I like to see that, though, because we've seen in previous FA Cup, Papa John's games, you know, under different managers, they they put in a, you know, a very disjointed team. But now it's sort of, a very good everyone's getting minutes, and that's what I like to see. Yeah, I I, I quite like it. I think it 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 shows a a commitment to winning. I think um, over over all else, but but one of the main things we, and McKenna spoke about this after the game about ticking boxes, didn't he, Stuart? And a box ticked for him was to start with this side and bring and be able to bring them off um, to to kind of work it that way, rather than needing to send reinforcements on to. To win, to win games, and that's um, that's a slightly different approach to what we're used to as well, isn't it? Going, going strong and hoping to get the job done. Yeah, I think seven of that team started the game at Exeter. Um, a few more of them had, had come off the bench against Exeter. So, so this was a pretty much a, a league team. I think we need to also recognise that there's a bit of a needs must situation uh, on McKenna's hands here as well in terms of the number of injuries, which will probably discuss in a, in a bit more depth um, in a bit. But um, there wasn't loads of senior options, but he could, he could have mixed it up a little bit more. He could have started two or three of, of those youngsters. He could have had a different goalkeeper in goal, for example, but he didn't. Um, what I like is that McKenna talks about needing to get the right balance, not just in terms of wanting to win the game, but in terms of giving the players that do play the best possible chance to shine. And I've always felt when you see managers make loads of changes for the cup, it's really unfair on the ones that come in because you're asking fringe players and kids to suddenly show the best versions of themselves in in a in a team that's completely alien to them. So when when he has brought in one or two youngsters, it's into something that resembles a bit of a fully functioning side, which I, which I think is, is good for everybody. So um, yeah, a bit of a needs must in, in terms of the, the team, but um, yeah, the, the plan obviously was to, to get the game won and, and take people off. And up until half an hour, you started to think, Oh, could that could backfire a little bit. He might have to stick with these, some of these players a bit longer than he might've wanted, but um, 
yeah, two goals in five minutes meant meant it was the game plan worked nicely. Yeah, it didn't it didn't necessarily look like it was going to come, did it? In that in that half an hour, the game settled into its pattern immediately. Um, I think pretty clear what Buxton were doing: five at the back, four in front of them, and then one one uh, one striker left to do an awful lot of running up, up top. Um, and we know, and Ipswich would have known that they were going to have so much of the ball to try and work. But it, this, it, we know, um, we know this happens in League One. We've seen it, but in many ways, this seemed even harder because because they, it felt like Buxton were playing kind of the uh, the Cheltenham seventy minute team from minute one. Like, it, kind of by the time a. Uh, uh, a League One side has settled right back after the hour mark. I think it's really sniffing that there's something there for them. Um, Buxton did that from the very beginning. And it, 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 Ipswich had all the time in the world to work the ball up to the final third of the pitch. And then it just became so congested, didn't it? Balls into the box weren't landing where they needed to land. Um, there's been a goal in the got, World got Cup. Got to interrupt you there, Andy. There's There's been a goal in the World Cup. Mitrovic, 3-1 to Serbia. What does it mean for the group, Stu? No idea doesn't matter we'll find out later um but ball, balls into the box with Ipswich were were coming back they weren't landing in the right right spot Wes Burns was crossing time and time again quite often with his left foot actually wasn't he he was cutting back on putting in some left standing up some left-footed balls that that either didn't reach a target or or the the first contact wasn't there Connor Chaplin had a few kind of snuffed out but there was a there was a point there where it felt like this was going to get to half time without a uh without a breakthrough yeah They'd clearly studied the the Lincoln and the Cheltenham games, and and you know those are the blueprints now for for so called lesser sides to come to Ipswich and, and frustrate. And um, they did a lot of things really well, Buxton. They 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 were organised, as you say. They they headed everything away. They cut out through balls, rode their luck a couple a couple of times. Ipswich's quality let them down a little bit with the final ball at times. Wes Burns had a lot of the ball, was a bit hit and miss with his deliveries in, into the box and. Yeah, half an hour came and we were looking at each other going, it couldn't be one of those frustrating days. I mean, you always felt that 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 wasn't sustainable for 90 minutes. But the bigger question was, would it mess up the game plan of being able to make a couple of changes at half time and some early in the second half? So it was it was a bit of relief when that first goal went in from Connor Chaplin. Yeah, and I think it would have been extra because they've already had that happen to them once recently. The, the Kyle Edwards red card at Cambridge, they had a, a plan for that game, didn't they, of how to use people and use minutes and stuff. And they, they saw that one kind of completely ruined by a, a very early and, and unjust red card. So you're right. Um, I don't think we ever felt that the game wasn't going to get won by Ipswich. Um, but... It might it might have just pushed things forward half an hour and and and, and ruined things a little bit, but a nice goal when it came, Ross, and one that we've kind of kind of seen before from 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 Connor Chaplin. Um, great to see him back on the score sheet again. Yeah, is it twelve games? Twelve games, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't actually know that until I saw one of your guys' piece and was like, wow, twelve goals. Twelve goals can be it can be a long time without a goal, which is. Stupid phrase. I'll just ignore that, everybody. Um, but yeah, it's good to see him score. He can score goals like that, as we see. Um, of course, his second goal of the game was was much better. But um, yeah, it's good to see players like him. And he mentioned that he he, he scores in purple patches. Um, so yeah, it's good to hit. You know, that's always good for your confidence. And uh, yeah, good finish from Chappers. Yeah, I, I thought he played really well in this game. I, thought, I think you you turned to me during the game, Stu, about 
20, 15, 20 minutes in and said that if, if anyone's going to make this happen for Ipswich, it was going to be Chaplin. He, he was busy. He was, um, I, I like how he, I like how Ipswich were able to find him in the box, despite the fact he's, he's tiny. He's really small. Like they pick him out in the box. We've seen from, even from corners, he, they pick him out with his head. They've managed to get the ball to his feet from corners previously. And he, he has this habit of finding that little bit of space in the box, doesn't he? And, and when he does, he can be lethal. Yeah, that was that was trademark Connor Chaplin. That first goal from him, and the thing I liked about I liked everything about the goal, but the movement. If you watch him, sometimes in football, it's about standing still, and sometimes it's about it, everyone else kind of gets sucked towards the goal. And if you watch him, he just makes a little half yard step back to find that space in the box. He tells Wes Burns where he wants it. Obviously, those two are on on a good wavelength, and uh, he then lets it run across his body, which is another good good skill when he could have thrashed at it first time to to open up half the yard and then it's just a, a good touch and, and finish and, and that is what Connor Chaplin is about if you were to say find me a goal that sums up Connor Chaplin the the best that that would be sort of in his in his sort of highlights reel so the second goal in in his second goal in the second half it was obviously sort of easier on the eye in terms of a really nice finish into the top corner from from outside the box but I, I really liked his first goal actually yeah, that's something. It's something that Ipswich they just haven't had for for many years. A rely someone reliable from that kind of range. And yeah, he's had a bit of a sticky spell in front of goal, and there have been games where he hasn't hasn't contributed quite as much. There's been games where he's not been able to take chances from that position. But if there's one player I want the ball falling to in any anywhere from the penalty spot to the edge of the box, um, it's Connor Chaplin. Um, trust him I trust him to score from there and I trust him I trust him to work hard and and give give Ipswich something in every game even if he's not on it so for him to be um to be scoring goals again is a great thing and Stu um Ross touched on it already he's talked about being a streaky player who scores in purple patches so hopefully well we need we need one now yeah we need this to be the start of another purple patch really with um with some of the injuries that have been sort of suffered at the top end of the pitch, harness out for for a little while now. I think he got six in six around sort of August, September time. If you look at his record last season with, what did he end on, 12 goals? Um, they sort of came in little little patches if you, if you look back at last season. So he's right, he's always been this kind of streaky goal scorer. Um, and you would hope now that this is the start of, a, of another good streak for him because you look at these next fixtures coming up between now and the start of the new year. I think this is a really important time for Ipswich with the squad under a real bit of stress that, you know, if, if Connor Chaplin can come to the table in these next five games, Fleetwood at home on Friday night, Peterborough at home the following weekend, Wickham away, Oxford at home on Boxing Day and then Portsmouth away. This looks like a... I know every game's important. I know every period's important, but this feels like um, if Ipswich can just get through these next five games in in uh, in decent shape. Um, that's really important before the January transfer window opens and some cavalry can arrive. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully, Chaplin contributes all the way through that. Another another player who scored a goal and, and probably is going to have a significant role to play going forward now that he is back is is Gasan Habme. First start for him. Finally, uh, November the twenty seventh, after signing on on deadline day of the summer transfer window, a fractured foot has set him back massively um but great to see him out there and and even though obviously it was only a, a kind of a close range finish which followed a good run into the box um any goal for a, a striker 
in a game like that is a good thing, isn't it, Ross? Just to, just to see him kind of back on the uh, back on the pitch and um, and and getting the ball in the net. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't that definitely wasn't easy on the eye that goal. But um, yeah, I think he was probably very happy to be on the pitch again. You know, he came on against Exeter on, on Saturday, but yeah, and of course he couldn't play on Tuesday because he's cup tied. But yeah, good, you know, good good minutes in the tank for him. And I have to admit, ladies and gentlemen, I do love saying Gasana had me because I I can say it and it's just easy. <laughs> just it just rolls off the tongue. Gasana had me. You can, mate. You've nailed that. Yeah, happy with that. Because someone someone actually asked me in the press room, how would you say his name? And I just was like, Gasana had me, mate. So so much one, confidence, Ross. I know. I know. Just, I, know. I like it. I like, I like it. it. And hopefully Gasana had me's got confidence with his first goal. You know, hopefully, as you said, we need him now to be that man up top scoring goals and stuff. So yeah, hopefully more to come from him. Yeah, it's a good opportunity for him, isn't it? Freddie Ladapo not involved in this game, sort of precautionary, it it, it sounds like um he felt his calf warming up in the Papa John's trophy on Tuesday night, so wasn't risked, wasn't involved. But with Tyrese John Jules out and and Caden Jackson doing his best work wide this season, there's a there's a kind of a vacancy for almost like a second support striker here with a with a month to go before, like you say, Stu, any reinforcements can arrive. So he's he's gonna have a role to play. He looks like a, a proper number nine, a central striker to me. Um, I mean, I'm basing that purely on the way he played against Ipswich in that Burton game earlier in the season. I can't say that I've seen a, a huge amount more of him than that and, and the, the odd cameos that he's had. Probably can't read too much into this performance against Buxton, but um, he had a header against the post in the second half as well. I just think from, from the limited amount we know of him, he's a different type of striker. He, we talk about... Ipswich losing some of their specialist options with some of these players like Aluko and Lee and others being out. I think Ahadmi is, is a different type of option that I think in these type of games against your Cheltenham, Lincoln, those sort of games where teams are sitting deep, he's a better option than Caden Jackson to me because Caden Jackson is someone that's more suited to an open away game where there's space to run in behind and stretch people on the counter. Ahadmi is someone who can just have a bit of contact up against centre half, ruffle a few feathers, draw some draw some men like a magnet to him that creates space for others, that creates space for Connor Chaplin to lurk near the penalty spot, for example. Um, I definitely think you're talking about that first Chaplin goal that teams were starting to wise up to the fact that Ipswich's go-to pattern of play is to get to the byline and then pull it back to one of the tens in space on the on the the penalty spot. So teams were kind of gambling on marking that space. And um, that's why I quite like the Ahadmi goal, actually, a goal bundled in from inside the six-yard box. Ipswich can't just cut the ball back and score from 12 yards out. I think there's times where they need to sweep the ball into the six-yard box and just have someone there to to tap home from close range and just, just have that bit of variety in, in terms of their balls into the box. And, and hopefully Ahadmi can kind of help with that. Mm, got to have multiple. Got to have multiple threats. Um, both both Kieran McKenna and Ahadme himself have they've spoken about what he wants to do is get first contact, six yard box, um, do all sort all sorts of things inside inside the penalty area. Which, like you say, that could that stretches the pitch that little bit more in a different way to Jackson, um, and can hopefully uh, hopefully benefit Ipswich going forward. But that's two nil. That's half time, and realistically, that's that's game done. And um, we start to see the changes at the break. So some some planned ones with Leif Davis and Cameron Humphreys both coming off. So at, at that point, I think we're feeling pretty confident that the Ipswich have um, have won the game. That's 
an odd little scoop scoop offside goal there, Stu, that you're watching. That's um I wish that had stood. Little little Cameroon scoop. Um Has given it. VAR check goal. And look he's and he's absolutely buzzing. I love the colour. I love the colour of African football. Like the the colour, the the kits, the flags, um the joy. Um and I'd even forgive the Cameroon manager for wearing a cap. Cap, suit jacket, dreadlocks. That's Rigobert's song, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he was great. He was a really good player. I like some of these, like we're getting to the point now where like World Cup managers are players that I remember watching play. Um which I'm enjoying <clears throat> Rigobert's song. And then Ali Ucise's managing at the World Cup as well, isn't he? Um, scooped yeah. finish. You don't see a scooped finish very often, do you? Enjoyed that. No, enjoyed that a lot. My, my TV's too small to have actually seen that particularly well. But game on, uh, Serbia 3, Cameroon 2. We'll come back to you shortly, <laughs> uh, Correspondent Watson. Um, well, like we're on Sky ho- Sports News at the World Cup. Like, Why is anybody watching... People just talk about a game when they can watch it live, but um, yeah, it's quite bleak, Sky. They're so, they're so used to being the big dog, aren't they? Sky Sports with all the footage for everything, all the Premier League footage can do what they want. Sky Sports News packed with interviews and stuff. But now I was watching this morning; they just were chatting to Rob Earnshaw about the World Cup. Like that's fine. Rob Rob had some interesting things to say, um, but um. It did give us, it did at least give us the Steve McLaren moment during the Iceland game a few years ago, didn't it? We'd have never had had that if it wasn't if it wasn't for for Sky Sports News covering these matches. That Iceland game, um, I'll always he's miles offside. Um, this is like a little what this is developing into a watch along now. That's we offside. Watch alongs. It? it feels like we do a watch along. Was that offside? Cameroon got the ball in the net again, but that looked absolutely miles offside to me. The first the first through ball. Um, this is a rubbish watch along as well, isn't it? Because we're not going to publish. <laughs> this isn't going to be. This isn't going to be. Because nobody's public. watching it along. <laughs> the, the game will have finished hours ago. This isn't live. <laughs> it's only live once, and it's not. And it's not now. Um, where, where, we were, where were we? Uh, I was about. I was about to tell you about what I was doing during the Iceland game that you were talking about there, but I don't know if I. I I was basically trying to get a live bird out of my house that my cat had brought in. That's what I did while England were being knocked out of those Euros. Um, or is is it going to be offside? Let's, let's let's roll with this. That looked that looked slightly off to me on my tiny TV. That one's good. The pullback's okay. The suspense. Silence. <laughs> Pray silence, please. I want to know what bird it was while we wait for the decision on this. Pigeon? Black, blackbird. Did you Just nurse a, it back to health over yeah, a period of time? Was, the thing with my cat, my, the thing with my cat is that he's not, um, he just likes to play. He doesn't, he's not a vicious, he, he, he doesn't really want to be doing this stuff, but I think he's got kind of like cat urges to catch birds and stuff. So he doesn't particularly injure the birds. He just kind of like pats them, stuns them a bit brings them in and then loses them. So I, so I was trying to go. I did stand. It stands. 3-3. Three, 3-3. Three. Three, three. Right. But Buxton. Half-time. Yeah. We're back, we're back in the We're, we're back, back to half-time. We're back to half-time at Buxton. Town have yeah. won this, with this game. Some notes from the second half. We've got two goals to talk about. We've spoken about the Chaplin one already. Um, the fourth one was um, 
sort of deep deep in the game, Caden Jackson robs the uh, robs the Buxton captain, declines the opportunity to slide uh, Chaplin away to score a hat trick, but actually produces a really nice finish himself for the fourth one um, to complete a victory that I think we were pretty uh, confident was 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 done at half time. But any other notes um, notes from the second half? Uh, Luke Wolfenden playing as a makeshift midfielder. Enjoyed that. We had a conversation in the car, didn't we? Uh, maybe on the way to Exeter, where we started. It started to dawn on us that, well, hang on a minute. If Morsi and Humphreys are the only fit, sort of senior central midfielders who've got all out for the season, Evan's not due back, bless you. Evan's not, not due back until, what, sort of January time? Christmas period, I think they vaguely talked about for him, but it's going to take him a little while, you would imagine, to kind of get fully up to speed. Um, who? What happens when Sam Morsi gets suspended next? What happens if, you know, touch wood, I hope this doesn't happen, but Cameron Humphreys gets an injury or um, is in danger of sort of being o- overplayed a little bit? And um, we were sort of racking our brains as to, to what Kieran McKenna would do. I'm not, I'm not convinced that he would suddenly turn to the under-23s, the under-21s and and play a Siziba or Chirewa alongside Cameron Humphreys, for example. I think that would be seen as maybe a bit too inexperienced. So what what would he do in terms of makeshift options? And we got an answer last night in Luke Wolfenden being brought on for Sam Morsi and playing, what, the last 20 minutes, half hour as a, as a holding mid? What do you make of it, bro? I think Luke, I think if you ask, if anybody asked Luke... Um... I think you'd say he enjoyed himself. I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it too. I, I, I liked it. He, you know, he's he's a ball playing, you know, defender, isn't he? And I think, you know, we've seen him make some runs before. You know, at Rotherham last season, that massive run where he li- li- could have scored. Um, and I'm sure he just likes to be on the ball, and I'm sure he just likes to just go forward with it. So, uh, of course, it's not not the answer, but if it's needed then go for it. And I think this is probably the best game to sort of experiment. You know, we won the game already. Atari and Bucks inside, you know, why not try it out with this game? Yeah, a good game, a good game to experiment in. Probably not a good game to judge, um, to judge on, but as an in, as an in-game option, I, I, I would be staggered if we see Luke Wolfenden start a game as a central midfielder, but as an in-game option, what do we reckon? Because for for me personally, I I think he's a really important part of the defence in the position that he is naturally playing. So that would bring its own issue of it's, him. It's not the being... one area of the squad centre half where they're actually in good shape in terms of injuries at the moment. Everyone fit now with with Burgess back. So you've got Burgess, Edmondson, Keo, Wolfenden, Denassian, if we include him as as part of that that unit. So it's the one area that they're in full health with really so it kind of makes sense to look to that unit for for someone that might have to do a job elsewhere and and I guess Wolfenden is the obvious answer to that um it's one thing him being cool calm and collected on the ball at centre half it's maybe another thing in the hurly-burly of midfield where the press is coming at you from a 360 degree angle instead of the game being all in front of you um it's not to say he can't do it, but there might be a bit of a learning curve there for him. And Ipswich don't necessarily want to be doing learning curve stuff in the middle of a very important season at the moment. But, it, you know, it maybe needs must again at this moment in time. Um, we, I think we just have to hope that that, that scenario where Morsi or, 
or Humphreys aren't aren't available doesn't sort of occur in in the next few weeks, and and then there'll be a question as to whether Ipswich look to recall either Idris El Mazzouni or Raheem Harper or or sign a central midfielder because obviously Panucci Kamara is not someone that we've mentioned, but um, some bad news after the game in that he's um, he obviously started the game against Portsmouth, didn't he? Got through seventy minutes, but McKenna said he didn't feel right during or after that game with with the groin injury that he had surgery on after signing from Plymouth. And I think we will have to be honest and say in the cameos that we've seen from him and the start against Portsmouth, he's looked he's looked pretty rusty. He's looked far from being sort of bang up to speed so far. And, and I guess that now makes sense that he's, he's obviously not 100% physically right. So I don't think we can be sort of banking on Panucci Kamara starting um, games anytime soon, league games. Yeah, he's been he's been willing, hasn't he? Incredible, incredibly wink, w- willing, playing with a playing with a smile. He looks like he's been enjoying himself, but I I, I don't think we've seen the true Panucci Kamara yet, and that is that is a worry that that he, he was out for six months. Remember, this isn't this is it's a it, he had a long old absence, but you, you'd have hoped he was maybe a little bit further down the track in being back to himself by by this point. And the, and you touched on injuries kind of after this game um, to hear that. That Greg Lee wasn't available, um, having felt felt something in in his knee, but around the site of the the leg fracture that um, that kept him out for a couple of months. That that was really disappointing to hear, wasn't it? Because we we spoke to Greg on Friday. He seemed in a really good place. Um, Friday lunchtime, saying he's hundred percent, feeling really good, and um, must have been must have been something felt on on Saturday. Um, but but for it to be in the kind of the site of that of that leg fracture is not, not great news, is it? And I'm sure it's something they'll tread very carefully with from this point. I thought we were away from these injury curses. I know I hate to bring the word curse, you know, the Sky curse, the FA Cup curse, we broke them now, but I know injury is a part of the game, but it's just, it's every week now, it's just getting out. So every time still, you know, yourself speak to Gwikeda, updates, he goes, yeah, got some bad news, boys. And then bombshell, you know, when I saw that piece, you know, two players in one press conference, that's just, yeah, it's not great, and we've still got a big month ahead. You know, if it was happening at the end of December, we've got okay, the transfer windows open, happy days, but we've got now a big month ahead. And you know, Greg Lee, he's been a big miss. You know, Leif Davis is he's looking knackered, and um, you know, he's a great you know backup to to have. And yeah, it's not good, but wishing all the best. Well, thankfully, the, yeah, we have to be really thankful at this point that like a week a week ago. Um, we would have been we we still didn't know whether uh, Leif Davis had had suffered some kind of significant issue after after he came hobbling. I'm off worried Exeter. about that. I'm worried about that. Andy came off obviously yeah, seventy odd minutes at Exeter with what looked like a hamstring problem. Was then rested for the subsequent game against Portsmouth. He played forty five minutes against Buxton and came off in what you imagine was a pre planned substitution at half time, but. We were looking at that as being like Ipswich as having probably the best two left-sided options as a pair in the whole of the league in Davis and and Lee. But Lee's going off for a scan on his knee today, and I, I just I do worry that Leif Davis is playing. As I keep saying, it, this is his first proper full season of men's football, week in week out, and he's such a dynamic player who covers so much yardage, so explosive. The sight of him sort of managing a hamstring injury and now Greg Lee having a bit of a setback, that that worries me. If you've got a double whammy in that position there, um, 
uh, that would significantly weaken Ipswich. I mean, what what's Plan C there on the left side if if there came a stage where both Vincent of those Young. were up? Yeah, maybe Vincent Young. But I, yeah, I guess so. Um, but I think he might be he might be needed further up the pitch as as well. You know, the, there's various holes that came Vincent Young's versatility is, is going to be needed to plug over, over the coming weeks. But, yeah, yeah. If you yeah you, you can talk. I think. McKenna was talking about how how versatile Vincent Young is and how important that is. But if he suddenly is your starting left back, he's not versatile anymore. He's he's your left back, and that and that's what you need him to be. Um, still, Matt Penny waiting in the wings. Remember, up at up at Motherwell, whose whose loan actually that expires in January. It wouldn't be a recall there. That's up in up in January. Um, an option, um, but that I guess for that to to be made into something that would require one of the two. One of the two players there to be out for a significant period. The, who was it we were talking about last season? Who was was it? Wes Burns that was dealing with a hamstring injury for certain certain points of last season, which we were kind of felt like we were monitoring kind of week to week. What because those hamstring injuries don't necessarily go away if they're if there's something. I think it, was, it was Achilles, wasn't it, with Wes was Burns? It? So it was sort of a nagging Achilles injury nagging. that they talked about, kind of being in the background, and we we felt that that was a sort of a a ticking time bomb that might go off and, and thankfully it didn't. I mean, that was another heart in mouth moment yesterday, wasn't it? With Wes Burns getting a, another kick um, and he went down, received treatment for a little while. We played on, they hooked him off as a precaution. Not long after that, McKenna, McKenna says he's fine. Um, but yeah, they could do without <laughs> any more of these stacking up now from, from a squad where we talked about having almost two different 11s that could comfortably challenge for a top six. It's starting to get a little, little bit stretched now. Mm. Well, this, this seems like the right point to talk about Marcus Harness as well then, because we haven't, we haven't done one of these since um, news of, of Marcus's injury was confirmed. That's a, a bucket handle uh, issue with his meniscus, um, which I had learned a little bit about what the bucket handle is. Uh, with his meniscus, by the sounds of things, um, he had. I feel like the that. word meniscus. You know, when like the word metatarsal, no one had really heard of it or used it, and then and then Rooney did his, and and then suddenly you you heard about metatarsals every two minutes. Meniscus is is Ipswich's version of that now. Well, I don't think human beings had metatarsals until David Beckham <laughs> broke his, and that and that is when the human race kind of evolved to have one. Um, do we need to start putting a picture of someone's meniscus on the front of the newspaper and getting people to touch it? Well, wasn't that what they did with, with Beckham? The Sun put it on there and like touch yeah. touch this and help it heal. We could put a picture of a meniscus on the front of the East Anglian Daily Times. Do you think? Do you think they'd go for that? Uh, we'll we'll float it in conference when we next have our news. Conference. Interactive, you know, interactive is a big thing now. I don't know if you've seen a new thing on Netflix called the um, Trivia Verse, and that's interactive. So, yeah, just yeah, I've been testing my trivia. So yeah, it's just on Netflix as a, a thing you can do. You can yeah, trivia. Okay, that'll be our. We'll put that forward as our evidence for why Marcus Harness's knee needs to be put on the front of the newspaper. But um. That is that's a blow as well, isn't it? To 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 lose him for at least a month, if not more, um, almost certainly more. Um, at, at a time when he played so, he had such an impact on that Exeter game, hadn't he? He'd he'd, he'd made Freddie Ladapo's goal and then scored the, the header himself. Hopefully, he was on the start of another kind of hot streak, um, but but denied that. Yeah, with the with the sort of double number ten 
system that McKenna plays. You've now got no Harness, no Aluko, no John Jules, who's gone back to Arsenal, looking at three to four months for him. That really sort of leaves Connor Chaplin plus players that wouldn't necessarily we'd have put in the kind of number 10 category, but now are probably having to. Kyle Edwards, um, Caden Jackson, um, had me possibly, but these aren't out-and-out number 10 creative types. These are players that maybe are going to have to ask to do more of a job, uh, you know, in their secondary positions over over the coming weeks, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, I think we've we've talked a lot about Ipswich kind of transitioning from the the kind of the the back three and the wing backs towards a more of a 4-2-3-1. And it's, I think if they hadn't done that by now, they would have done it because they would have done it now because they don't have two number 10s. Thankfully, they're playing with a wide right and and a wide left. So Burns and and Edwards, you would figure, are going to have um, sort of an extended run there. With Cade, Caden Jackson's proven that he can play for McKenna on either side. There's a bit of versatility there from him and, and maybe even Kane Vincent Young as well. So they've got the cover, but but the depth, the depth, Ross, not not what it was once again. It's the same thing we've talked about before. Yeah, you think you know in the in the summer, the first few games of the season, we're like, oh, we're gonna have to leave out this person. He's not gonna be in the match day squad. Now it's like, oh, who's actually gonna be available? Now the bench is gonna get, you know, very short in terms of gonna be a lot of young players. Um, but yeah, it's just a shame, you know. As you said, players who are just coming back into form, you know, Harness had a bit of a, a patch where he was a bit been a bit inconsistent, but yeah, a really good game against Exeter. And the same like John Jules, you know, he was in great form before his injury and yeah, these have just come at the wrong time. Um, and unfortunately, the harness injury happened in the Pizza Trophy game when, you know, Sonny Luco had that injury as well, you know, earlier in the season in the Pizza Trophy game. So, um, but I'm, I'm pleased McKenna went strong in those competitions, but then you also go, oh, maybe we shouldn't have played them. But injuries can happen, as we said before, like in training, it can happen in training. So, but yeah, the depth isn't as strong as it used to be. But we said before, little violins from League One clubs who, you know, you know, who haven't even got a strong enough bench and even strong enough first eleven to even worry about injuries. So, yeah, yeah, and, and that's why you have an academy as well. You know, yep. that's that we talked about blocked pathways and and things like that before. Well, now opportunity knocks for for one or two of these youngsters. Tawanda Chirewa, for example, has been a an absolute goal machine for the under twenty ones. Is is seen as a real a real bright talent. Um, he can play in a variety of those four positions. He can play in a, in a deeper midfield role, as we, as we saw last night. So I don't see him starting a league game anytime soon, but you know he, he may start getting on the bench a few times and he may come on and may have his moment. And sometimes fate, fate works that way, that, that um, the door will open for somebody else. So um, far from panic stations or, or disaster situations at the moment, but... Um, I remember us having conversations about, oh, is this squad a bit too big? Is it a bit too bloated? It's difficult trying to keep everybody happy. Um, And this is why Ipswich kind of built the squad that they did to kind of future-proof themselves for these winter months and for for these injuries, which um, we knew were coming, but not necessarily uh, at this sort of uh, quantity and uh, all in the same block. Let's talk about the FA Cup draw um like you've said already Stu I I guess um a significant amount of people will listen to this after it's been made before we talk about the FA Cup draw Stu can I just cross live to you uh in Qatar um what can you tell us what's going on uh it's still 3-3 three, three. 
Cameroon, Serbia, 83 minutes played. Um, and it looks like Serbia have just flashed one through the box. So we've got ourselves after a, a string of nil-nil draws in this World Cup. Looks like we've got ourselves a bona fide group classic. And thank you for following this bona fide group classic hours later live with us. Um, FA Cup draw, another thing that you're probably you probably already know the outcome of by the time you're listening to this. Um I think we all know that the ties that are in there that that the Ipswich could get and the ones that are mouthwatering. There's there's trips to uh, there's trips to Premier League big Premier League teams having a giant at Portman Road. There's the ca- the carrot of playing Norwich. But what do before before we get onto a, a prediction? Let's let's all make a little definite prediction. What do you want? What one tie? What one tie do you want, Ross? Um. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to come to Portman Road? Is there a ground you've never been to but want to go to to take some pictures? What What do you want? Got to be Spurs in it. Spurs away. The new new billion pound stadium, whatever it is. Um, a Premier League club away, always good. Um, and then, of course, the obvious one, Norwich at home, because you yeah, have a good little test. Or just the championship side at home, you know, just to test ourselves against one of those sides. But um, yeah, obvious one would be Norwich, but you know, a Premier League team just to switch up. I'm bang up for Norwich at home. I think um, the time is now for, for Ipswich to, to kind of a nice little sweet spot of the, the club being in a really, really good place. The fans would absolutely pack it. Ipswich would be the League One club. Norwich would be the favourites at the top end of the championship. Ipswich, nothing to lose, everything to gain. And I think they could genuinely do something in a game like that. It would be brilliant just to show to show how far Ipswich have come. Um, for me, uh, I'd love I'd love that. Is there anything that's pulling at your, you, your heartstrings? Do you mean pack it as in pack the stadium rather than packing it in terms of... Uh... Showing signs of nerves. Is that a phrase that you, you, you'd have used? I've never, never heard a- that. Absolutely packing it. Never heard that before. Okay. Um, Is that an Essex thing? I don't know. Have you made I, it up? Have you, have you actually I'm ever now, heard that as, as always, when I say these things and you all look at me blankly, I start to wonder if it is even a thing. But, um, yeah, we'll move on from that. Packing it, as in packing your pants. As in I've I've heard another nerves. expression used yeah. for that. What is it? Bricking it. Yeah. That'd be the same sort of thing, yeah. I've um, heard. I like it, though. I've widened my... I'm now questioning whether I've just made it up. Um, It'll catch yeah, up. Norwich would be great, wouldn't it? What an occasion. The place would be absolutely bouncing. I'd, I'd definitely want that at Portman Road rather than Carrow Road if that, that fixture was to happen. Um, I'd written something similar to what Ross has just said a few weeks ago when in the early rounds of the FA Cup about you know, a potential championship match would be a real indication of how far Ipswich have come, how ready they may or may not be for promotion next season. But then you made a good point when we were chatting about it, Andy, is that it probably wouldn't be that because a championship club would probably make the 10, 11 changes that we're accustomed to seeing in this. So it, it wouldn't be that. The likelihood it would be Ipswich would get like hull away and play holes reserves or something and that that's not good is it yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't be for me i like i like the idea of that though like if if somebody like i don't know luton obviously nathan jones has left now but played their first team and ipswich played them and that would be that would be really interesting but i think you'd probably see whichever ground that was 
played at, you'd probably see from the attendance. So that wasn't a particularly exciting one. But any, anywhere else you particularly want to want to go to? Goodison obviously would be a bit of a yeah of one for you. Yeah, that's a personal one for me. Everton, I think I've said on here, is 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 my club growing up. They're the team I support, so that, that would be a nice box ticked for me. But yeah, any of the sort of the biggest biggest stadiums, really. Manchester United would obviously hold a fair amount of intrigue with with McKenna and Pert and uh, go going back there. It was a bit of a wry smile from him when the prospect of that was was raised post match yesterday, and he sort of said, "Yeah, maybe we'll save that one to the semis," and then. Corrected himself that oh that would have to be the quarters actually because the semis are at Wembley but um, yeah uh, it's a balancing act between getting that big tie early and generating some excitement or or maybe getting something that, that's winnable. Um, I'll, I'll make my little prediction now. Boreham Wood, then. Boreham Wood, hat, a hat trick of non-league teams. Where's that game? Where which which order are those balls coming out? Uh it'll be at Portman Road again. And a nice little passage to round four, you'd hope. All the bees yeah. as well. Bracknell, Buxton, Boreham Wood, Barnsley, Burnley, Blackburn, and then then they beat Bristol City in the final. <laughs> and the FA Cup is Ipswich Towns. Done. There we are. Ross, what's it come on then? What's it definitely gonna be, Ross? What are you? Um I'm gonna I'm gonna do two here, if that's allowed. Well, it's not really. It's but, just like uh, when we ask you for a for a score prediction, you yeah. say it could be a win or it could be a draw. Yeah. Now I'm doing the best case scenario in terms no. of prediction, and then the worst case scenario. So the worst case, Hartlepool United away. Um, that would be horrible, um, but winnable. But my main prediction is, I don't know why I have a feeling we're gonna get Reading. Reading away. Which oh, that's that's worse than that's worse than Hartley. I don't know why? I know. I just I don't know. I just feel like I'd it's take Hartlepool over. Like my great fear is it will be Accrington away or something. Oh. We've been to Accrington too many times. Like it's it's a lovely it's a lovely lovely people up there. It's always a nice warm welcome. But I've done Accrington enough times now in the last few years. What are we up to five? Stuart, didn't we work out that one? I think we'd spent 0.8% of our lives either driving, <laughs> like driving to or from Accrington together, <laughs> something like that. That's or 0.8% mm. of the year or something, or something. It was too much, basically. Yeah. Um, never, never again. I like the idea that people are listening to this after the draw has been made and Ipswich are at Accrington and they're just <laughs> ch- chuckling along. <laughs> Uh, still be fun though. So yeah. Yeah. if yeah. that indeed is the case, we're bang up for the cup and it's a winnable game and, and hopefully town can reach round four. Um my crystal ball tells me um Middlesbrough away was the one that I landed on, which would have some level of intrigue on it, because it's Michael Carrick, mm. a close friend of and former colleague of Kieran McKenna. But that's that's what my Ultimately, not a particularly exciting bit game. Of Chesterfield, but... bit of Paul Cook intrigue. I mean, I would be bang up for either that or the Grimsby game. Uh, a winnable match, a very winnable match, either of those, but packed with narrative as well. Um, plenty to get the teeth into if that would happen. And you'd hope a, a, a route through to round four. So I wouldn't be against that. But um, we'll see. Um, I guess half of the people listening will know what's happened by the time they listen and 
we might look very, very silly. Um, right, we're going to finish up now. Um, but Stu, I need one more update from Qatar from you just before we uh, to complete this watch along. We're into stoppage time here now. Cameroon versus Serbia, 92 minutes on the clock. Four more allotted minutes of injury time to play. Both teams going for this now, not settling for the draw. Um, we'll see if I can bring you a goal before we wrap up. Still don't know what this means for the group, do we? Doesn't matter. It's just a watch along. Um, right, you've you've not got long to bring this goal, Ross. You got any more any other business? Um, I just want to let everyone know that I didn't get wet yesterday. It was, of course, another thing. Part of the game was there was a lot of rain, a lot, a lot of rain, and some uh, um, wet players out there. Um, so luckily, I, I stayed under the the covering of the cobbled because that was empty, wasn't it? So I just that was my neck of the woods for the game and uh, I was in good old Bono seat roofing you two in the second half because I just yeah decided to sit there so that's really it to be honest that's and nice. also I want to mention um, Matt Ward who made his debut for the club as well um, I thought he came on and number 41 Andy big 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 numbers coming out um, but yeah I thought he did okay uh, that that is what it is when you've got young players that's that's fine it's uh when he, if he stuck with that for the majority of his senior career, right? You've not got long, Stu. Um, all all you've got is for me to say uh, thank you to our sponsors, uh, Manscaped, long-standing sponsor, and Ginger Pickle, new sponsor. Who, uh, Ross? What's their catchphrase again? Ginger Pickle. Have you got one? Uh, if you're a pickle, um, cool Hawk Express. Yeah, pickle. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I like believe, pickles. Do you I like believe, pickles? I don't like pickles. I believe I it was if you out, like yeah. your ginger, if you like your pickled ginger, cool ginger pickle, something along those lines. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I would suggest probably going on their website uh, rather than taking our word, taking our word for it. And um, I would, I would thoroughly suggest. It's actually a really good, really good website. Um, it's very ginger. It's very pickly. It's gingerpicklemarketing.com. So go on there. I'm filling time now, Stu. You're not going to bring me a goal, are you? But Well, if you, if you stay with me, Andy, it's uh, 94 minutes on the clock. Cameroon have just got a free kick in a wide left area. Everyone's up. I'm hoping the goalkeeper will join them. Oh, this, will be so, this will be so good if you brought us a goal, finished. They've cut to the Cameroon fans in the crowd. They've got some prayer beads there looking pensive. Waving their flags. No goalkeeper in the box. That's a shame. Oh, straight into the goalkeeper's arms. Oh. That's a shame. What a flat oh. moment to end on. Just wrap it up. Oh, I feel like we're in no man's land here because there's two minutes left. If we wrap up now and there is a goal in this in this game. Have you mentioned gonna... Manscaped? Yeah, I could mention them again if you want. Have you... David Earl was quite excited to be... Uh... <laughs> That else that his pod with us was sponsored by Manscaped, wasn't he? Yeah, enjoyed he's a, that. Very committed Manscaper, he says. Very committed to what. He wasn't so bothered about Ginger Pickle, actually. I think it was a bit That's... local for him. Oh. So, Serbia shot from downtown, patted down by the goalkeeper. They're both going for this. Ninety-five, this... one minute to go. This is terrible podcasting, isn't it? But I feel I feel really tense. I'm, uh, if we could if we could somehow bring a World Cup goal live on the pod, would be um would be breaking breaking new ground. Um, I love Cameroon's kit: green green shirts, red shorts, yellow socks. 
I'm a strong believer that all the best football kits, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is your expert area of expertise, the best football kits are when the shirt, shorts and socks are all a different colour. France, very good for that. Exactly. Yeah, very strong. Especially for international teams. Yeah, very, very strong. Um, yeah, these ca- these Cameroon kits are nice. I might have to... I haven't got a World Cup shirt from this year. The one that the one that I they haven't worn it yet. I don't think they're going to wear it. It's Japan. Japan have got this kind of white and pink and purpley blue kind of away shirt. Um, with like petal flower petals. It looks like design on the sleeve. I really really like that. Like cherry blossom. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that from from Kyoto. Um, anything going on, Stu? The allotted time is up. We're at the referee's discretion now. Ninety six has just passed. And that's it. He's blown the whistle. The players from both teams sink to the turf. They've given it their all. A World Cup, World Cup Classic has finished three apiece. And thank you so much for following it with us three hours later. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've been Andy Ross and Stu, and we'll be uh, we'll be back later in the week for um, for another World Cup watch along, maybe. Mm. Uh, we'll see. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Crime to football, Brexit to Oakville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash